So this is the audit room on Clubhouse. I am uh, Trent Russell, co-host of the audit room on Clubhouse, host of the audit podcast and founder of Green Skies Analytics, where we do everything analytics for internal audit. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tracy Marquardt. Hi, so uh, Tracy Marquardt, known as Europe's leading audit communication consultant. And uh, despite that coming to you from Ontario, Canada today, and um, I work with internal audit teams on their communication skills, productivity, and leadership. Um, typically, you know, global teams that have to uh, that work with different languages, different nationalities, um, different stakeholders, and we get their communication and their audit reporting to be as effective as possible. And I'm very excited. I'm going to hand it over to Andrew because Andrew hopefully will tell me how to pronounce his last name. And um, let us let us know more about him. All right. Well, Tracy, thank you so much, and Trent for having me on this. So the the pronunciation is Lasis for the. Uh, it, it's been a struggle for substitute teachers my entire <laughs> life. So you're you're in good company. Um, so my background, I do IT. We focus on accounting firms in our company, uh, Tech4 Accountants, as well as the parent company is Rush Tech Support, which does IT for small businesses. And we've been uh, doing that for the last eight years and been kind of a crazy ride of ups and downs, highs and lows, COVIDs and non-COVIDs and everything in between. And we'll get to the um, some questions at hand, but one thing I want to ask, could you tell us a little bit about your podcast? So I host the Tech Talk for Accountants podcast where I interview uh, people in the accounting industry, be it vendors, like representatives from vendors or accountants themselves or people that are in the accountant world. And we deep dive into topics that affect accounts. Like literally earlier today, I, I just did one with a lady that we spent the whole time talking about like backup and disaster recovery. So IT topics in the realm uh, as they apply to accountants, but there's a pretty, pretty broad range. And I think just like anything, the deeper you dive into it, the more you learn that there's like an entire universe of more things to learn. And so it's been a really cool experience the last year and maybe year and a half. We probably started last March ish. And um, it's, it's been a really, really cool experience. I think one of the common things I've seen with guests on my podcast and in the audit room is that learning, like everybody's kind of a learner. So it's, it's kind of no surprise that, that you would be here and you're doing what you're doing, Andrew, especially in tech. So the, the title of today's room is taking the SH out of IT. And I pulled that from uh, Andrew's LinkedIn profile. Could you kind of speak to that and what that means? Sure. And the, the reason now that there's periods on the SH is the first time I did a presentation with it. Someone said, what do you mean taking the shout of it? <laughs> that doesn't, <laughs> it's like, ah, we got to kind of like put some, put some things in here to let people know what it is. But essentially what we do is we just make everything work. You know, I can go into the weeds about 
the different types of protection that we have and how we configure settings to keep hackers out and the the lines of defense that we put in to protect our clients but basically at the end of the day like our parent our clients are paying us to just make it work and when it's not working to fix it and so taking the sh out of it kind of the idea of that is just we make it work you don't have to bang your head against why is it i click this button and nothing happens so a lot of what we do on the reactive side is tell me what you're expecting to happen that isn't happening and then we address it from there but a lot of our focus is actually on the other side and the preventative proactive side where there are less issues that our clients need to call in about because we're identifying them and stopping them from basically showing their symptom that the client would then notice and then call in and have an issue. And just even um, for, for this week, since, since deadlines uh, tomorrow, we're just expediting all accountant tickets. So anybody that has like EA or CPA or any of those other designations at the end of their name, we're just automatically moving everybody to the front of the queue because everything will go wrong today and tomorrow <laughs> in their systems. And, you know, as much as we try to do to make the uh, process like as perfect and seamless, you know, when things break down, we want to make sure that they're uh, all taken care of. And again, pulling from your LinkedIn profile, you talk about work from home tech in there. Is there anything I know we, a lot of us have been doing that for the past year and a half. Is there any any new tech or or something to look out for? Like, I feel like maybe if I would have asked this two years ago, the answer might be, look, video has been around for a long time. We should start using more video conferencing. Is there anything that you see coming up um, that we should know about? Or is there anything that you still see people aren't commonly using that maybe they, we should? Can I, can I jump in? And before you answer, Andrew, um, I would be interested in that same, but as a focus on communication within teams as well. So now that the remote work from home environment has changed from just being those millennials are doing it to everybody, you know, March last year, everybody had to do it and whether or not they moved back to the office after there was the giant scare or not. It still kind of, um, you know, shined light on some of the technologies that maybe people had heard of that they weren't privy to. As you had mentioned, the video chat has become gigantic now. I mean, two years ago, you say, here's a, I'm starting a Zoom room. <laughs> then, you know, everyone just looks at you like, what does that zoom like i don't have that what's this meeting id it's asking me for a password how do i join this this is complicated can't you just come to my office and now you know it's most people are pretty familiar if you send them a link for zoom or for clubhouse or for google meet or for uh, microsoft teams like people are understanding now that it's not just a lazy way out, but a very, very good alternative. And for, you know, those very really concerned with social distancing and things like that, it's been a much easier, faster, 
especially with remote teams, you don't like it. It's almost like an obvious thing that we were kind of all, we all saw it and like the writing was on the wall, but COVID just made it to where you didn't have a choice, but to embrace it. Otherwise you were just completely out of business. So seeing, seeing the wide adaptation of that has been a positive thing in my opinion, and it's helping facilitate companies that maybe were so focused on, we have to be in the office, we have to be in the office. And it kind of opened their eyes to maybe not, not being full remote, but perhaps maybe there's a hybrid in there. And, and I think a lot of people, or at least what we're seeing is a lot of organizations aren't necessarily forcing everyone to be a hundred percent in the office at all times. And there, there've actually been some productivity benefits to that. Like we, we had been pretty much already set up for remote. And then when COVID happened, I just didn't want to be the business owner that forced people to come into the office and then God forbid something happens and then it all falls on me. So when we moved things remotely, I didn't exactly know what to expect. I mean, we were pretty much already set up for it. So it wasn't a difficult transition to make, but some of the benefits that I noticed just from having a remote team was people calling out, like doesn't, I I can think of one or two call outs of the team of 10 in the last, last 18 months. And one, the guy was like, his car broke down when he was in the mountains and couldn't, couldn't form a hotspot to be able to get his laptop to work. Like it was a very obscure situation. So our actual productivity has actually gone up as a result of it too. And other firms are able to leverage those benefits as well, because, you know, like, I mean, literally today, my son, he's two, he has pink eye. I wouldn't be going into the office, but, you know, working remotely, it's, it's not an issue because there isn't that, um, that risk. And I don't have to, you know, even doing this, it's like, I'm not going to infect people with, uh, with his pink eye right now. Yeah. Tracy, I'll throw it to you because I know you got- Can I jump in on that? Because I think, um, you know, you're, you're right about Zoom and everybody was wondering, you know, what is this and can't we just pick up the phone or can't you just come to my office? And I I also want to pick up on what you said on, on productivity and are there productivity tools you see being used by teams now that maybe, you know, our audience should be aware of or- for either the benefits or, or the risks, because I know for productivity, my team is using Asana now. Um, Trent and I use Trello, and I'm also wondering about, um, and I've lost the word in my head, but you know, messaging, messaging programs that you can use within Teams. Yeah, I, I've personally come to the conclusion that every single tool is going to have its pros and cons, and it isn't necessarily a question of which tool is better if it's this one or that one, but how you're utilizing it and whether or not it's being adapted by everybody on the team. So I used to buy into the, if we just have the right piece of software, that's going to solve everything. The communication is going to be fluid. The tickets are going to get resolved faster. There we will be more productive and able to provide more value in less time 
with less breakdowns of communication if we switch from we were on Skype and then we switched to Slack, which I, I personally do prefer. And I like a lot of the integrations that have been built into Slack, but we're seeing a lot of people that are using Teams and there's a lot of the integrations, you know, they kind of took like that foundation and then just super pumped a ton of money into it once COVID happened. So it could communicate with all the other third-party apps that a lot of people were using. So as far as productivity tools go, we we do it via, if we're doing projects, we'll do it on Trello is where I utilize, there's a method called GTD, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Yes. Um, and just a you know quick overview. It's basically like make a to-do list and only do one thing at a time. And that will help you with your productivity. And so for me personally, I've utilized my Trello board of anything where I need to get things done and, or if I'm running and get an idea in my head, I'll pop it into there. And so I've got a running, running list of things I can be doing at all times. And I think any business owner, entrepreneur, anyone really working anywhere this day and age it's, it's difficult to have nothing to do but at least that way it's organized and i can just knock out the next thing on the list or what i deem to be the most important thing which is another exercise that i do for personal productivity is deciding the most important thing that i need to do today tackling that first and then I will look at my board in Trello of things that I need to do or get started or tasks I've delegated that I need to follow up on. And then utilizing that through communication instantaneously through Slack and managing a remote team in that way. It's, I knew it would be challenging at first, but I think once we got over the initial hump of there isn't a physical office where we can do some of it there and some of it remotely and just going all in. Um, once, once that was the challenge that was presented to us and now being on the other side of it, having that instant communication with Slack, but you know, Slack could be interchanged with, the infinite amount of tools and messaging apps that are out there today. I really think the most important piece though is having a tool to do it and then using it correctly. Yeah. And I think that's something I listened to your podcast. I think it was John Woodard. Uh, you guys had mentioned that take on tools and I, I think it's the right uh, take. And it's one that I agree with. Also, when you mentioned getting things done, I'd, I wanted to just stand up and clap, but for the sake of it not going through the microphone, I didn't. Uh, that's a fantastic resource. It is a beast of a book to get through, especially if you're implementing it as you're going through it. Um, but I know David Allen, the author, was on, uh, He's, I'm sure he's been on a bunch of podcasts, but I know he's been on Tim Ferriss specifically. So if you look that up, that'll give you, you know, I think it's like an hour, two hours, but kind of give you an overview of, of the approach there. But it's a, it's a really good uh, resource to kind of like 
maybe augment whatever your productivity system is. I know the one thing that really stuck out to me was having that reference folder or file. So, you know, I have all these notes from all these various meetings and I didn't know what to do with them. And so they just kind of hang out in Word documents somewhere uh, randomly, or I'd try to file them and, you know, based on client into the, a given folder. Um, but really just using something like OneNote and just having everything in there has been um, just a, a relief for me to not have, to have the organization has been a relief. So uh, I can highly recommend getting things done by David Allen, but it, it's, it's a big, big book um, and it takes a while. Yeah. And the, but, and then it's one of those books too, that, I mean, I've been implementing it now for probably four years since the first time I went through it. And it's one of the books that I'll revisit every year. And it's one of those where you'll hear something that would be like you're hearing it for the first time but it's actually like the fourth or fifth time but it directly solves an obstacle or challenge that you're running into in that moment where just like that light bulb goes off but even even you know to the point of which app is the best which productivity method is the best again i think we're coming back around to the the getting things done method works for me but I mean, there's probably a million other tools that you could use or methods you can follow. And each each of them have their pros and cons. And that's that's been my take with software. You know, we we tried so many different like CRMs and phone systems, and everybody solves a problem that another one has, but then you recognize a little down the road, you took for granted something that one that your old product had that isn't in the new one. So I think just getting deeper with the one that you choose and making sure that it's something that has a good reputation. We've, we've tried things with startups before and, you know, pros and cons to everything The the cons where there were a lot of issues, the pros where they usually got fixed quickly because we had direct access to the decision makers. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of headaches came with, trying the latest, greatest, newest, youngest versus just sticking with the tried and true and having less kind of BS tickets because something didn't work the way that they expected it to. And I think too, the, you know, the more, the more of these things you try, the more confused your team can get. And you're not sure which, which piece of the puzzle is in which system and do they talk to each other and all those other things that you mentioned. So absolutely. So picking the system, going with the system, really understanding the system and to your previous point of making sure everybody is using whichever, whichever productivity tool that you decide, everybody's got to use it. So we've recently, like I said, implemented Asana and, um, but everybody's got to use it because if they don't, there's no point. <laughs> it's a lot of time and effort to get it set up, but people aren't using it otherwise. Yeah. And, and then the more tools that you try, then the more data that you have in different spots. And so then you have to deal with data migration and then checking the consistency and quality of the data that's been integrated. And we had a personal story of, we had taken the customer purchase trans transactions from our shopping cart and put it into a CSV, imported it into our uh, project management system, which is Podio, and everything looked pretty good. 
there, you know, we checked probably a couple dozen of the records to make sure that everything imported correctly. And it did. But then as time went on, like two, three months down the road, there would be hiccups here and there where something didn't import correctly or not all the way. And then we discover down the road that every email address that has a period inside of it didn't work correctly. So if it's trent.russell at gmail.com, we have a big problem with your account. Trentrussell at gmail.com, no problem. But having that period inside of it, or if they were Roadrunner clients and it's ny.rr.com, having those two periods, it just didn't work with the import tool. So we had a whole bunch of data in one spot that was our like point of truth. And then we imported and we probably had maybe, I mean, at that time, probably 30,000 sales. And there were a handful that didn't import correctly. So then we can't even speak from that point of truth on Podio, which was supposed to be the point of truth because everything didn't import correctly. And then if we move the data to another source, so the more you try, the more difficult the data migration gets. And so it's, it's really important, I think, to pick something that is good, reputable, stick with it and learn to navigate its inevitable shortcomings because there isn't a single perfect uh, product out there. There isn't a single perfect vendor and everybody's situation is different. So picking it and going deep and learning how to get around the nuances, I think is, is a really important thing that anybody should be implementing. Yeah, I've, I've done exactly that. Just jumped around from tool to tool thinking that the tool was the problem when really it was, it was my own fault for not diving in and really understanding how it works and which is a bit hypocritical because I tell folks all the time with data analytics tools, especially you can't just buy the tool, roll it out to everybody on the team and expect them to use it um, for a couple different reasons. But for the one that we're talking about now, if you're not in the tool all the time, you're going to forget what's going on. Um, I've, there's plenty of chief audit executives that I've talked to that said, yeah, I used to use that, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and then we got it here recently and I haven't looked at it in 10 years. And so I don't know how it works anymore or, and it, the tool hasn't really changed that much. Um, or even the, Hey, yeah, we jump in every month or every quarter to do this thing, but it always takes us so much to relearn what to do. You have to, you have to stay in it, which is why a lot of times I'll recommend a dedicated data analyst because you need somebody basically because you need somebody in the tool, um, all the time. I am very interested though, in tools, uh, Andrew, if you were to start all over, or if you were to come in into a, a given group organization, whatever it was, uh, let's keep it relatively small, 10, 15 people, something like that. Nothing, you know, 25,000 uh, employees or something, but what tools would you go, These, this is what we're gonna use? So first and foremost, I would make sure whatever we land on is something that has a lot of third-party integrations to make sure that if I add an extra tool that it's not going to derail the whole system and have so many different apps. You know, when I first started eight years ago, 
It was what's the best value I can get, you know, without spending an arm and a leg, how do I get the best tool, the best bang for my buck? And if I, if I'm missing some integrations, that's okay. That's, that's not a problem. And thank God for Zapier for keeping a lot of our uh, tools communicating with each other. But if I were to start all over the tools that I'd be using, I think just because of my familiarity with it, I'd still be using Slack as the uh, communication channel for the team. We'll, we'll take your example saying it's, it's still remote. And I mean, we still use Slack internally in the office as well. I mean, we had four offices, so we still needed some sort of communication between departments. Um, so our, the RMM tool we use that we can do the remote monitoring and management of all of our clients, it actually has a lot of features built into it and a lot of third-party integrations. So if I were starting over and not looking to find one tool to solve every individual problem, like I'm a big fan of MailChimp and I wouldn't change that out. But just for example, you know, when it comes to emailing clients, we have to go into MailChimp and what was or wasn't sent through MailChimp may or may not be integrated with our CRM, which is fresh sales. It's, it's not the best, it's not the worst, but it gets the job done. And we've spent enough time in it to know the ins and outs and figure out okay, here's some of the nuanced things. Like it'll track when we call a client, but it won't track when they call in. Little nuances like that where it's like, I would assume that that should happen if it works one way, but it doesn't. So I'd, I would go with my, my PSA tool, which is Synchro, and I would build everything off of that. Or I would take our accounting tool. We use QuickBooks Online and have that be the central point of truth in everything coming off of that. But having, having a centralized spot where your tickets happen, where your billing happens, where all your customer information is all in one spot and you have one central point of truth. So I would, I'd have to weigh the pros and cons, but I'd either go with our PSA tool, which also integrates with QuickBooks Online. So maybe have both of those being the central point of truth since they sync with each other and then building building off of what's available for integrations instead of trying to find the next tool whether or not it communicates with the other ones because when you have a hundred clients it's not a problem but when you have a thousand ten thousand twenty thousand it's an absolute nightmare to have to look through so many different points of truth and then be able to decipher whether or not the data you're looking at is even accurate. So starting over, I'd have the PSA tool and QuickBooks Online be our central point of truth and add third parties that cleanly integrate with them. I think that's a great starting point. And I, I would add just, you know, because I work with communication all the time is that just you know make sure that the team knows what they're looking for in the tool before you choose the tool mm -hmm. there are so many fine nuances um so having a you know a sit down and saying you know what do we need this tool to do uh i think will help you get the whole team on board and using it yeah having clarity before you choose a software is a much better route 
And, you know, it's all just like anecdotes of lessons we learned years ago. But when we were choosing a CRM, I had tasked one of my um, tech managers with choosing it. And, you know, I told him your, your job is you have full autonomy, pick, pick a CRM. And so he makes this giant grid of all the features, pros, cons of every single software. And then once we had all of the features and things laid out in front of us, then we're making a decision based on the relative information of what's available to us, where the approach that we should have taken was what do I need this to do? What is important to me? Then finding the ones that fit the bill, then looking at the relative comparison between those that already fit into exactly what you want instead of the other way around, because especially in things where there's a billion different choices and you can use productivity tools as a CRM. So there's that piece also that I've kind of lost Andrew a little bit. Are you still coming but through? I did like his up. point. I don't know if you can hear me, Trent. Yeah, you're good. Both of you guys are coming through fine. Uh, well, I, I hope I, maybe it was just a, a quick little blurb, uh, but on, on the topic though, so I had tasked him with pick a CRM and we ultimately just ended with, we use fresh desk for tickets. So fresh sales integrates with it. Allegedly <laughs> we come to find out later. It's not the best surprisingly. And then fresh caller for tracking phone calls and recordings. And you know, it's, it's got its pros and cons just like everything else, but they at least have some communication with each other. But starting from scratch, if we had just identified these are the five must-haves for our organization and then found vendors based on what we decided we wanted, not based off of, well, all of the, the software companies say that this should be important to us when in actuality it's not. I really like that advice. As somebody that, that loves tools, um, instead of just jumping into it and, and trying to you know look at every feature, going, okay, what do I, I need to do this one or two, three things really, really well. And then just hitting up all the vendors and going, I need to do this, this, and this. Show me that you can do that. If you can't do that, that's great. I appreciate the time. Let's move on. Um, I like that approach. Uh, that approach. I appreciate it, Andrew. Uh, we're up against the time, so we'll we'll close it out. Uh, again, this is the audit room on Clubhouse. We are live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago time. I'm Tr Russell, your co-host and moderator. Uh, Tracy, I'll throw it to you. And then, Andrew, we'll, we'll kick it to you. Uh, let us know where to find you, um, kind of what you have going on in your world, and, um, and again, how folks can, can reach out to you if they want to talk about these kinds of topics. Yeah, this is Tracy Marquardt, Europe's leading audit communication consultant, and it's been real insightful. Andrew, I want to thank you for joining us um, on learning how to take the SH out of IT. Um, I love the discussion about productivity tools and how teams can approach, you know, finding the best uh, solutions for them and then making sure everyone use them, uses them. So thank you. And if you are listening to the replay or you're here with us today, please make sure you connect with all three of us on LinkedIn and um, I'll see you online, Andrew. Yeah, thank you uh, both for having me. And uh, best way to reach us would be going to tech, the number four accountants.net or uh, rushtechsupport.com. 
and um, reach out on the contact form. I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. You could reach me linkedin.com slash in slash Lassise, L-A-S-S-I-S-E. It's like Lassie with a S between the I and the E at the end. All right. And we'll, we'll add the uh, links in the show notes also to make that a little, little easier for, for folks to find you. Andrew, thank you a ton for coming on. Yeah, 